what does a founder think when they walk in a room? Well, a founder thinks that person's an idiot. I need to do that. They probably screwed it up. Well, why is that? Well, because they see themselves as responsible. They see themselves as superior. They, they see the world as it's up to me, which is why they started business in the first place. And those are very useful, powerful ways of being that produce thoughts and actions that generate results so they get what they want. The problem is someday they're on the other side of the rainbow, but those thoughts don't turn off. That way of being doesn't change, so the world isn't any more fun. Welcome to the Founders Journey Podcast. Inspiration, education for founders by founders. People have a hard time getting out of their own way. So I still want to, well, I think in 10-year event horizons, I think in 10-year timeframes, right? So I start with the question, what do I want to be doing in 10 years? Well, I want to be working with three to five founders, and we're probably on the third or fourth company that we're selling. Worked with 190 founders so far, about three dozen have taken them to exit, and it's been brutal work. So the idea was, well, what if I didn't get them at two, two and a half, three mil when all these problems are already there? What if I picked them up earlier? Like, let me go way upstream. So I was like, well, why don't I create a community for folks that are trying to get to a mill? There's not a lot out there for that. Let me serve these folks really powerfully. Let me get them where they're supposed to go. And, and I'll be like getting to decide who I work with. So I'm, I'm literally creating my clients, my clients for, you know, 10 years from now. I got plenty of work today. So I'm like, what would be a lot of fun? Zero to one is, is kind of hard. That's a hard it, thing to it, do. It's, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. if you wake up. And it's like your booby prize is you're still not making any money, right? You're still, <laughs> you're still doing all the work. It's like, I made $2 million. Yes, so what? Your wife's still going, when are you going back to work? <laughs> when are we going to stop living <laughs> off home equity? At least that yeah. was my deal. So welcome back to the Founders Journey podcast. We, uh, we, we already started. Now we're restarting so we can actually introduce our, uh, our guest here. Uh, Townsend Wardlaw is our, uh, is our guest. Townsend runs... Uh, I think for lack of a better term, and he's going to get into this, a founders community called foundersos.com um, does a lot of work in really helping founders try to really find some, I think, peace around the journey, sure. right? While they're still building great companies, this isn't soft stuff. This is, yeah. you know, this is really about not only finding success, but also finding some peace and happiness while you're, while you're on this path. So. So Townsend, welcome to the podcast. And now we'll pick it right back up to where we just left off. <laughs> so it's interesting. I, I'm really interested to hear what you think. Like I saw this thing on YouTube the other day and it was this guy saying, I'll show you how to make a million dollars like tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, who is this person? Like to make my first million for my first company, it just took forever. It was like painful. And it's not like there was a secret that I was missing, right? It was like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, because you're talking about helping these people go from zero to one. That's that's a yeah. big step, right? Yeah, uh, it's a huge step, right? I mean, it's it, it. I don't know what the numbers are, but very yeah. few companies ever make it to that. I think my journey is interesting because what I've really set out to do is, like a lot of coaches, help people where I got stuck. Right? That's what I'm most qualified to do. I've done a lot of things I'm good at. What I'm really good at is helping people at not getting in the hole that I, I found myself in. So uh, I got kind of a late start professionally 
I didn't have a real job. As I said, I was 27. I wanted to be a professional bike racer. I had grit and determination and motivation and all that. I, the genetics didn't work out at all. When I finally got to a certain level, I was like, who, who are these people? They're just not, they're not human. So that didn't work we, out. Um, we're with you, Dad. So you look a lot. Peter and I were trying to be professional <laughs> triathletes, and you look more like a professional cyclist than Peter and I do professional triathletes. I can tell you that. So, go ahead. We're at the back of the pack. <laughs> yeah. So life was great, and I didn't think anything of it. And I, I remember waking up somewhere around, you know, 27 years old, and was like, yeah, it'd probably be nice to make some money. And being thus unqualified for anything else, I, I got into sales, took a shitty sales job, cold calling the whole deal. Well, I set a land speed record from working in a burrito shop and racing bikes to making, you know, 270,000 a year working for a Fortune 500 as a VP. Did that in about six years. So it was impressive and I hated it. Hated the corporate life, hated that whole world. I decided I'm going to start my own company. Didn't know what I was going to do, but I started my own company. Had that for about seven and a half years and, and made it work, figured stuff out, made every mistake in the book, got to almost three mil, had 80 people working for me, and it all came crashing down. Right? There's only so many, uh, so many chances you get to, to make really bad mistakes. And, and as I was crawling my way out of that mess, right, what am I going to do? Well, I, I tried my hand at sales consulting, and I could make a lot of money with that, but it wasn't very enriching. What I found I loved doing was assisting founders that kind of got stuck where, where I did, specifically around, around sales. One of my gifts is, is creating revenue, right? As companies grow, you get to a mill. That's like you throw a party because you can't believe you got there, but you still don't pay yourself. Life doesn't change. If you can get to two mil plus or minus, life starts to get pretty good. Like pay yourself, have an office, get to, get to do some fun stuff. But it's a lifestyle business, right? Nobody's going to give you money for that. Somewhere between two and eight, a lot of magic can happen. A lot of magic can happen if you get there, right? So I started serving people on that journey. How do I get out of the business, work on the business, not in the business, have somebody else besides me do the, do the selling? Right? That, that was my specialty. I, I loved that. Uh, over the course of about 15 years, I served about 190 founders I took about three dozen of those all the way through to exit, and that was fun. Along the way, though, I witnessed an amazing phenomenon, right? I call it, I've been to the other side of the rainbow, right? The dream, the founder's dream. You wake up one day and you got 20, 30, 40, 50 mil in your bank, and they're still deeply unhappy. They're still deeply unfulfilled, right? So there's, there's something interesting going on here. So for a lot of years, I thought, well, I'll just do this consulting thing, showing people how to, how to do the right things to get their company where they want it to be. But ultimately, there was something else missing. I call this the whole idea of working at the level of their being. Who they were being that was doing the doing ultimately made them miserable. And it didn't matter how much money they had or how much they conquered, they still felt deeply unfulfilled, anxious, frustrated, disconnected. So back in 2018 partly because I, I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. Also, partly because I'd had some incredible experiences with coaches in my own life. I said, well, I want to pivot over to coaching. And I thought, well, I'll just help people on the, the inner journey, the peace and the equanimity. And I did that for about six months. and was bored out of my mind, right? Because seriously, it's fun. But I'm like, I like playing the game called growing things. I didn't just like the, the right. by stuff. I was like, well, what if I kind of combine the two? What if, what if I still help people grow their company, but instead of, what do you need to do, do, do? Let's look at who's showing up to do the doing. So that, that's really the evolution of my business 
from you know consulting and and telling people what to do to a hybrid of well it's not just about what you do it's it's who shows up every day that driven relentless you know un unshakable mindset that a founder has to have to get to a million to survive to get to the next level to get to the next level reinvent that that doesn't there's no off switch for that right. so it's like the booby yeah go ahead no, I was just going to say this, this concept of doing versus being is a really interesting one. Can you just, mm-hmm. can you explain that a little bit, a little yep. bit more than like, well, what, what should you be doing? I'm using the word doing, what, well, where, where should a founder exist? On? It's a good question. Here's, here's the way I think about it. We play for results, right? And outcomes. Anybody says it's about the journey, not the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We like the destination. So mm-hmm. we measure life to varying degrees based on outcomes. Okay, well, how do you produce outcomes? Well, you gotta take action. Outcomes don't happen. Outcomes are all a function of taking action or the the doing. So there's lots of consultants out there or programs like you were talking about, Peter. I'll get you, I'll tell you the things you need to do to get to (laughs) a million dollars. Okay, that's fine. Well, why don't you just pick up Richard Branson's book, do what he said and be a billionaire if it works that way. It ain't ain't about the doing, right? right? And, here, and here's why. It's because everything I do or don't do starts with a thought. So there's the thinking, right? And last time I checked, we do a lot of thinking. Now, that's interesting because now you get into the world of mindset, right? You need to have positive thoughts. You need to reframe. And, and it's always working with your thinking. That's not a bad thing. But the question nobody asks, or not a lot of people ask, is why is it that I walk in a room and I have certain thoughts about what I see and what's going on and what needs to be done. And Peter has different ones and Greg has different ones and everybody has different thoughts. You see, I spent years teaching people to do things only to walk away, come back three months later, and nobody's doing them anymore. And it's because their thinking says, well, I don't need to do that. That's not what you do. That's impolite. That's rude. All right? So I got really curious. Well, what is it that, that causes me to think the way I think? in the exact same circumstances that somebody else is in, and they have totally different thoughts. Well, I call Mm -hmm. that being. Who I'm being produces my thinking about life, and then I take actions and I produce results. Sometimes I call this our human operating system, right? So I'll say being or human operating system, we're all programmed from a very early age to see the world a certain way. And, And here's some examples. I coach a lot of high performers who they walk into a room and they see all the things that they could take responsibility for, all right? Well, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that. And, and they take responsibility and the people go, oh, let's promote that guy. Oh, let's give her more money. Oh, let's give her praise. So they, they get rewarded for it, so they do more of it. So responsible is just not something they do. It's not just an action they take. It's a way the world occurs for them. It occurs for them. You know, you've been to a party and there's somebody going around picking up Everybody else's stuff. It's it's not that they have a different habit. It's that they see things that require them to take responsibility for them. That's our being, right? And that is malleable. It's not fixed, but it's very deeply rooted, right? My responsible way of being was programmed into me at a very early age, right? And there's lots of ways of being. Any anything that I'm doing, any thought that I'm thinking comes from a way that that I'll say the the world occurs for me. Somebody else just doesn't even see it that way. It's fascinating. So if you want to create massive change, you can work on the doing over and over and over and over and over again. You can work on your thinking and do your mantras and your meditation every day and hopefully, you know, 
over time things are changing, or you work on what's producing the thinking. And if the world occurs to me differently, I will have different thoughts about it and take different actions. So let's take this to our founder, right? What does a founder think when they walk in a room? Well, the founder thinks that person's an idiot. I need to do that. They probably screwed it up. Well, why is that? Well, because they see themselves as responsible. They see themselves as superior. They, they see the world as it's up to me, which is why they started business in the first place. And those are very useful, powerful ways of being that produce thoughts and actions that generate results so they get what they want. The problem is someday they're on the other side of the rainbow, but those thoughts don't turn off. That way of being doesn't change, so the world isn't any more fun. Sweet. I've never experienced that ever. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't have any clue what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, did, so only the, the sense of being that you're talking about, right? You, when mm -hmm. you and I were doing, it's really cool, we're kind of chatting a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I had said to you, "Why do you change this, right? How do you change yeah. this mindset?" And yeah. You said, "You don't. You, you don't try to. You don't. You you just work with it." Can you talk about that well, a little bit? So, so the answer is, you can change it over time. The most important thing is to be aware of it, right? So. Let's go ahead. You had a question, Peter? No, that I, my point was like, just my thought was what you just said. Like, you probably just need to be aware that that's happening or that you're doing it. Then you can, yeah. then maybe if you're not aware of it, you're just going to keep doing it. Right. You just, you yeah. can't help yeah. yourself. Yeah. But yeah. when you, when you're aware of it, you can say, oh, I know I act this way. Maybe yeah. I can step back and let something happen and see what happens. Right. Yeah. And, and yep. just, not do something even though you your 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 body and your mind says go do this or say this that's or right do something. yeah yeah not yeah yeah so so i'm working with a founder right now and, and he's going out to raise his a round you know five ten million bucks something like yeah. that pretty standard thing and he's a brilliant human and and you look at him he's tall he's physically strong he grew up on a farm just looking at the guy what you know is he knows how to work hard right yeah like literally life mm -hmm. for him is if I work hard, I get what I want. So if you watch him, you'd say, well, what he does is he works hard. What I would say is actually who he's being is life is hard and I'm going to work hard. So he walks up one day and he says, okay, I need to raise some money. Well, what he's going to see in the world, literally what he's going to perceive in the thoughts in his head are going to be all the things where he could apply his superpower of, I know how to work hard. Mm -hmm. He can do hard, harder or hardest. What he will never see or perceive is the door marked, oh, this is easy. Just go through there. One guy will write you a check. We'll be done in 30 days, right? Right. So when we started talking about this, he had this whole plan laid out, and he was doing all the things you would normally do to, you know, raise a round. We've all been through that. It's a lot of work, and you got to do this, and you got to set up the, the, the document room. And, yeah, okay, I got it. I asked him a simple question. I said, hey, you got a brilliant plan here. You've done a great job. Let me ask this. If you were looking at this whole thing and you're like, man, this is going to be easy. We'll be done in 30 months, sorry, 30 days. What would you see? And he had to sit there for a minute. He said, I said, yeah, if this were easy, if we could do it like this and it was right there, but you weren't looking, what would you see? And he goes, oh, well, I would call that guy and just ask him if he wants to be our, you know, single check. I said, yeah, why don't you do that? And it was done. Like, I don't need to give him the advice of what to do. 
what I can do is allow him to see who he's being is I'm going to have to work hard here and all the possibilities for working hard will reveal themselves. If he considers, well, this could be easy, he'll see where it could be easy. That's just one simple example of it. Yep. How do you develop that kind of self-awareness though, right? Because that's the, that what that requires this is really deep sense of like in his case, right? You suggested it to him, but she was willing to act on that and not say, well, no, that's mm -hmm. not the way you do it. You do it this other way. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to go grind. Of that type all day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to go work hard again. And right. Yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's what's fun about working with founders. They don't listen to anybody <laughs> and they know everything. And yeah. it's very validating for them to make their own mistakes and smash their own head against the wall. I used to spend a lot of time trying to convince them that there's an easy button here because there is. However, they're not ready to work with the easy button until they're ready to work with the easy button. So there's right. possibility is created when, when somebody wants to do something different. Everything works for us until it doesn't work for us anymore. So for some people, you just let them do what they're going to do until they start getting tired and they're ready for another way. So this, this process, if you will, working with me is actually very simple. The, the, the work that I can do with folks doesn't take a long time, but you have to be open to the possibility that the world could look different to you than it looks. And as long as that's working for you, right? How do I put this nicely? Sometimes, and I speak personally from, from my past as a founder, waking up, grinding it all day, collapsing in the bed every night, that was the source of my pride, right? The easy button, well, that's for losers. Now, after a divorce, a bankruptcy, you know, some health problems, I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe I'll find something else. And I was open to it. That's an extreme example. So right. it's, it's, nev it's never my intention to try to yank somebody off of their journey that they're currently enjoying and, and this is how they want to do it and filling their own destiny and sorting out their issues with their dad or childhood or whatever. They're great, do it. What I can promise you is you're going to hit a wall someday. I promise you that. This problem ain't going to go away. Sometimes it takes you three companies to realize, hmm, this doesn't get any more fun. Okay, well, I'll be there then. I'm not in a rush. I'm not in the business of getting people off the path they're on. I'm simply saying, hey, when this becomes uncomfortable, untenable, well, we got other ways to do it. And what you're doing is perfect. I'm not in the business of trying to stop people from fulfilling. I often asked, if somebody had come along to me, let's just say circa 2008, and said, oh, Townsend, this could be fun and easy. <laughs> I would have used some expletives with him and thrown him out of my office. Right? right. So this isn't difficult, but but the student must be ready for the teacher to appear, literally. So does an entrepreneur need to go through stepping in some holes before they learn that? Or 100%. 100%. Okay. And, and this so, is something that we've talked to other guests yep. about, like yep. getting like, the experience you get from doing it and That's going right. through the That's process right. yep. Yep. creates some level of wisdom, hopefully. And if it doesn't, then you're Over just going to keep pushing the rock, you know? Yeah. Um, Sisyphus. Yeah. So most of the, the clients that I've worked with to date are on the other side of the rainbow. They've, they've sold the company, made the money, gotten the divorce, right? And, and they're like, they're tired of it. That's, real, that's a real easy conversation. Mm-hmm. The problem is that takes a lot of time and there's a lot of pain and, and there's not a lot I can do in the meantime, right? Yeah. 
sometimes I get lucky. I meet somebody along the journey and, and we can kind of help them avoid the pain, but that's also not predictable. What I decided to do, and I started this earlier this year is, you know, I'm going to create a container for folks who are on the journey that they're on, right? Much earlier, I, I, I work with folks, I start with them on, on, on the journey to a million, and I'm going to help them with what they want to help with, how they want. I'm not going to try to push this, this wacky being stuff on them, right? I'm going to help them with sales process. I'm going to help them with finance. I'm going to help them with marketing, just the stuff that they need. They, they, they want what they want when they want it, so I'm going to help them with it and create mm -hmm. a community. So that's what I've built. I call it the Founders Operating System. There's a community for founders on their path to a million. And we convene, I coach them, I work with them, and I coach mostly on the doing. I don't get into this, this being stuff because they're not ready for it. And as they mature, as they go on their journey, there's the opportunity to suggest politely that, hey, I could, I could help make this a little easier. And I get to choose those folks, not try to force this upon them. Because I really do respect and honor that every, every founder is on their own journey. Right. And for some, that journey is no, you got to You got to go down to the depths of hell and the dark place before you're ready for that. And far be it for me to tell you, that's the wrong way to do it. I sure did. <laughs> right. And that's, that's it. I mean, that's why, you know, when, when we started this podcast, we, we called it the founder's journey, right? Because so much yeah. of this is, you know, look, the marketing strategy, the, <clears throat> the sales strategy, the go to market, yep. how do you hire, yep. how do you build like, this stuff is all, we can teach this stuff. Right. Like we can we can tell people, hey, here's the three ways to do this. Here's the five ways. To do this. Yep. This yep. stuff is not rocket science. It's the not usually the problem. Part, well, it's never the problem, yeah. right? The hard part is getting the hell out of your own way. And that's right. So much of that, I think, is caused by the just the intensity of the fear that most founders experience. That's right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm curious, how do you? How do you coach them through that, right? How do you coach them through that, that fear? Because they're probably not going to articulate it. Like, yeah, I'm scared, right? No, That's yeah. not really in the, yeah. in the nature yeah. of most founders. It that they, they're clutching their product too much and they're like, yep. not listening to their customer. There's so many ways it's manifested depending on the person. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, so, so it's interesting and we could, we could probably spend two hours on this first and foremost. For me, fear, anxiety, you know, stress, I refer to those as the smoke. That's not the fire. Those are the byproducts, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like I do this, I build up heat. So how do you get rid of the heat? Well, you got to stop rubbing your hands together, right? right. So fear, anxiety, self-doubt, you know, all that kind of stuff. In many ways, those are the byproducts of the fuel that they put in their car, right? Um. One very powerful way of being, or, or call it operating system coding, that, that a lot of people have, but founders have, is this idea of, I'm behind. Or kind of like, I'm the underdog. Mm -hmm. right? So if I see myself as the underdog, if I see myself as I got to work hard just to catch up, if I see myself as behind, well, that fuels me. right? So when I am behind, I'm energized. That's wonderful. And I feel this burst of energy. Now, in that energy production, I've got some byproducts, anxiety, doubt, fear, etc. The problem is that's the smoke coming out of the tailpipe. If you keep yeah. driving the car and putting the fuel in, you can't do anything about it. You can wave the smoke around. It doesn't help. Now, what's interesting is ultimately, if you want to reduce the fear, what you have to do is change out the fuel that you're using to drive the car. 
right? If when I have the thought I'm behind, you know, I'm never going to make it, that energizes me. Well, then I actually thrive on that. And yes, there's a toxic byproduct called fear that sometimes paralyzes me, but there's also a problem when there's no fear, right? When there's no sense of behind because all my energy goes away. That's the paradox. The paradox that I see for the founder is oftentimes the fuel that, you know, fuels their journey, the particular fuel that they use to keep their journey going produces a toxic byproduct. So they say, well, I don't want that. As soon as they start reducing the use of that fuel, they start feeling bored or de-energized or it's not working, right? Right. One of the toughest spots for a founder, and I'm, I'm working with a guy right now, is you know you get to the point where you can sort of see the finish line. You're where you need to be. And what you need to do is stop. Stop touching stuff and let <laughs> what you've built play itself out. Right? right. And every day for the past decade, you've woken up you know, with your firefighter's hat and your action, your in your extinguisher to put out fires. But and we don't and there's to. like no fires. You're like, oh, I know what to do. Let me get a match. Right. And the jerry right. can. Right. So you start setting these because like when there's no fires, this doesn't feel right. This can't be OK. There's got to be something burning. I got to find it. Well, maybe I'll light it. So it's an interesting paradox. It's like we become <laughs> addicted is, to this. It's so true. So like you want to be a warrior, but. There's no war. Right. We don't need you That's to be right. a warrior. That's now. right. This is the whole concept of the Superman complex, right? That like yes. almost yep. every founder that accomplishes anything suffers from this to just awful degrees, right? Which is that concept of like, if it's going to happen, I got to do it. I have to go in. I got to save the yep. day. It's Superman. Yep. It's Superman with kryptonite, except Superman's just flying around looking for kryptonite. And yeah. Yeah. That's the... That's that, it's that complex. Yep. But a lot of what you're saying, yeah. uh, Townsend, which is so interesting to me is, and I think you, the perspective that you're taking on this is totally different in that a lot of people in sort of convention, in the conventional world, sort of the non-founder world, right? Where yeah. It doesn't seem like there's a whole <laughs> lot of convention. To, which sort of- You mean, you mean the, the, the normal people who are The normal crazy. people, right. Would, would sort of look at this and say, well, these are negative emotions. And really what you're saying is they're, they're actually not they're they're nope. they are the fuel you just right. have yeah. to figure out how to yep harness this right in a way yeah. that actually yeah. drives the car forward not backward well yes and there's a possibility you can use another fuel right so mm -hmm. as an example if every day for most of your life you know let's use the metaphor of a fuel you've woken up and you say, I got to go to the gas station. I got to put some fuel in my car. And you, instead of the, you know, 87, 91, 93, it's like, I'm not enough. I'm behind. It's all up to me. And you choose, and you go, oh, I'll use it's up to me today. Mm -hmm. And that's what you fuel your car with. The good news yeah. is it gets you where you want to go. The bad news is the more you use it, the more fuel you consume, the more the toxins. Mm -hmm. right. What you don't realize is there's another set of pumps over there. Whole another set of pumps that say like, everything's going exactly according to plan. I have everything I need. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And you go, yeah, my car can't run on that. Mm -hmm. Well, it can. You just don't know that. You weren't, you weren't programmed. It wasn't installed in you that, that that will work too, right? Because, you know, it, it feels different. Well, I tried that once and it, it felt boring. Yeah, it is boring. They don't need you to save the day right now, right? Like, they don't need a, yeah, they don't need the fireman, like, I'm not like action now. I'm ready to go. Like we don't need you to do anything. Yeah. When I come to work for a founder, you know, formally, you know, and they're paying me, usually 
they're you know in in the the last twenty five percent of the journey, the finish line is mm -hmm. close enough. We can get there. What have you? I sit them down. We have a conversation. I say, listen, this next 12, 18 months, it's going to be the hardest of the entire thing. You're mm -hmm. going to hate this. I promise you. Because all I'm going to be doing is telling you, stop, don't touch that. Put that, shut right. up. Take it out of me, right? Talk to me, yell at me, do whatever, but, but you, we got to let this thing work. And I know yeah. how, I know personally how painful that's going to be for you, right? Because you're like, well, I, I want my opinion in there. I see things they don't see. Yeah, but now it's time to let the, the, the baby go out and, you know, drive a car. Or yeah. nobody's going to want to pay you for the baby, right? Nobody wants the thing that you're, right? This is where valuation comes in. If right. you don't get out of the thing and you're still involved in anything, well, Nothing whoever's coming in and give you money goes, goes, okay, cool. How about a 10-year earnout for you? And you can, <laughs> then I'll buy you. It touched, I've literally experienced that multiple times with founders going into a process, right? Yes. For my own <clears throat> fund where we're investing in companies, going yeah. into a process, sit down with a founder and they tell you in no uncertain terms, this business is 100% reliant on me. Yeah. I, the, the, the entire <laughs> business can do nothing yeah. without me. And if I go away, you have, you as the investor have nothing. And yeah. you sit there and it's like, okay, so what am I actually investing in, right? What am I yeah. buying in yeah. this company? I'm buying, I'm buying Peter, this mortal guy that could go out and get hit by a bus tomorrow. Like yeah. that I'm out. Yeah. Like that's your <laughs> pitch, but but that's the mindset, right? That's that sure. shift that needs to take place to say to yeah. a founder, no, no, that's the opposite of what you need yeah. to be saying to me. You need to be yes. telling me, I don't have to touch anything, like yeah. I've yep. got such a great team and such strong yep. systems and such strong process. This yeah. place runs without me doing anything. I just want to think yep. about how to make it better and bigger. Yeah. And, and that's, that's exactly right. And think about it to get to a million and survive. You must be involved in it. You must be indispensable. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Or it ain't going to happen, frankly, even to get to the next level. But from there on to get to the point where somebody's going to value this, it is a, is an entire progression of, working yourself out of a job and making what was indispensable uh, an appendix, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if, but, but, but think about the upheaval, not from a doing or even a, a mindset standpoint from, from how the, the entity is wired, right? Somebody who sees themselves as indispensable will do the things necessary to get their company to a million. That's mm -hmm. not just what they do. That's who they are. Absolutely. That's their identity. Mm -hmm. So now you're saying, great, now stop being that. Stop being <laughs> indispensable and, and, and want you to show up and be useless. And they're like, so, huh? So your example right. before about this guy grew up as a farmer and yeah, he has this built into him. Like, how do you, how do you, I mean, that's a, mm. that's a whole lifetime of, you know, having a chip on your shoulder yeah. and just saying, yeah. I just work, I'll work you. Yeah. Well, I'll work you and anybody who's not working hard where there's no value there. Right? Yeah. The, the, the question, right? The question everybody asks is, well, how do you swap that out? Yeah. Here's the simple answer. Your identity was installed, right? Mm -hmm. We're all the same baby, cute, bubbly, right? Nothing. We could speak any language, mm -hmm. what have you. And then it started with like, you know, hey, you're Peter, Peter, right? Mama, right? Everything was installed about you, mm -hmm. about how the world is right? What money is, right? Our parents, our mothers, our fathers, our teachers, our preachers taught us everything. 
This is how the world is. Money is hard to come by. Life requires hard work. If you haven't worked hard, it's not worth it, right? It's all the stuff that was literally programmed yeah. at a young age. The short answer is you got to go reprogram that, right? That's what I do with people and I teach them how to do is, is access that level of programming and slowly but surely uninstall. Oh, I have to work hard if it's going to mean something to literally, hey, I can have everything I want and it'll be fun and easy. And mm -hmm. what we use to program is this coding language called our word. Everything about you was spoken to you. All you do all day is speak truth about how the world is. When you start paying attention to your words and your thoughts, you get a glimpse of the being or the operating system that's creating them. Then you could start talking back to it mm -hmm. and changing it, right? So one of my core ways of being is responsible. Right. I am responsible. I do responsible things. I take responsibility, but I walk in a room and I look for what to take responsibility for. I see things to take responsibility for that other people don't even see from how the world occurs to me. I've had to do a lot of work to acknowledge, oh, I'm I'm being responsible, not just doing, but being it. Let me let me pause that. Let me hit the backspace on that code and I'm gonna install. Everybody else is responsible for their own experience of life. Mm -hmm. Like at that level of granularity. So, so there's, there's a lot of, you know, what you would call, you know, talking kind of stuff, but we have to talk to ourselves. We have to observe our thoughts. When I listen to somebody speak, all I'm listening for is what's the being that's having that thought that's saying that word. It's like when I go to a movie theater, I watch what's on the screen. But what I know is it's coming from the projector. If I, if I don't like the movie and I want to change the movie, I can't yell at the screen or scream at the screen or tear the screen down. I got to go to the projector. That's kind of the approach we take is we got to go at that, which is creating every thought and stop dealing with our thoughts. Cause what we tend to do is we have a thought. We don't like it. We try to make a better thought. We turn that negative thought into a positive thought. We reframe that thought. That's not changing the projector. That's like yelling at the movie right. screen. Yep. And it takes time. Absolutely. Well, this is, this is super fascinating. Townsend, uh, love to have you back on i think there's we could do we could easily do three hours on this entire concept because it's such a it's such a huge issue core to, i think for core to founders yeah. like it's it is it, there, yeah. there's there's no doubt it, it and it's core to the experience that they're gonna have right and yeah yes. i was you know we were talking to i was talking to somebody earlier today about kind of this this you know sort of the the challenges that so many founders have around mental health right and yeah and just the just the issues that really start to creep in where, you know, there's only so yeah. long you can, you can beat yourself into submission, right? There's only, because yeah. that's ultimately what a lot of this is. And there's just, yeah. there's only so long, if you're going to make a career out of this, yeah. that you could do it before this stuff becomes so deeply ingrained that I don't care who you are. It becomes just incredibly, it, it, it goes to a deeper level and starts to cause a lot of other problems. You don't have to end up in the divorce. You don't have to end up, you know, yeah. on, you know, with substance abuse problems. You don't have to end up suicidal. Yep. It's, it's not inevitable. You can no, stop. it's not. No, it's yep. not. But I think it's, it's, but it's almost accepted in a way that, you know, both of our sons are pilots, right? And, and, you know, and, and a lot of other people have normal jobs, right? And yeah. it's not accepted in those jobs. But for some reason, as a founder, flogging yourself on a 
hourly basis is completely yeah. acceptable. And it, 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 it's, or it's, it's thought to be acceptable and it, it doesn't, no, have to it, be that it, way. It, no you, you said it right. It's not only acceptable in my mind, it's judged as wrong if you're not doing, oh, he's not serious. Right? That's right. If, if, if you're not flogging yourself, people aren't going to take you seriously. That's right? right. It's so deep in the ethos. They don't realize it could be fun and easy. I mean, that, that's the most difficult part is I feel bad. Right? I literally will coach people. They're making more money than they've ever made. They're creating more than they've ever created. They're having a blast. They go, I feel guilty because all my friends are stressed out. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we'll send them to me. We'll sort it out, but don't feel guilty. <laughs> right. Right. But but it is a lot of it is is that kind of guilt, right? Or that's right. Or you know, yeah. you were in the and I knew look, I struggled with this myself. We, you know, in the later uh stages of my business, we had gotten fairly large. Yeah. You know, I had a team and and Peter and I used to talk about this all the time. I was like, you know, there were days where it was, you know, I, I would sit there and be like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do today. Like there's <laughs> yeah. nobody's I have nothing on my calendar. I, no one needs I, you. Nobody needs me, so I'm gonna go break shit. Like, there's gotta fires. be something I can break. That's right. Gotta, there's go. gotta be something. I, there's gotta be a fire it, I can make and then fix. It, ah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> that's usually what Peter would say. No, don't please do not do what you're. I whatever you're that's thinking a good right idea. now. Yeah. Don't, yeah. But and then everyone's like, real. we should do more with this company. Let's let's do this for you know the next thing. And you're like, no. Just no, do what you're doing. No. Don't <laughs> yeah. change anything. Let, let, let's sell this, and, and then we can Just do something Just keep else. going. Don't That's stop. Right. That's yeah. right. And That's keep right. going well, means you don't have to do as much now, which is That's ultimately right. like, we're like, oh, I want to own a company, so someday, you know, yeah, I can be that guy but or girl or woman. But at the end of the day, it, that's not, that doesn't feel right because to get there, you don't, you're the opposite. Like, you're the opposite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so many don't That's know so what cool. to do when they get to the other side of the rainbow. It's like, okay, now what? Now I feel empty. I feel bored, right? Like that, that, that to me is, that's probably the greatest sadness for me. You, you, you reach the dream and there's like, you know, 45 seconds of satisfaction and then, okay, well now what? Like you've never celebrated, you've never taken a break, you've never enjoyed it. Yeah. And you think, well, when I hit this goal and then hit the goal and there's nothing. Okay, well, let me set a bigger goal. Maybe it wasn't a big enough goal. And you do that again. After three times, you're like, well, right. maybe it's not any of that. Yeah. Oh, if you hit yeah. that point and you're a founder, you're listening, come on our show, talk about your journey. We'll take <laughs> yes. up your time. You can help yes. other founders. It's like a great thing to do. So It yeah. really is. This is awesome, Townsend. Uh, we will definitely get you back on. Uh, I love that. I'm sorry. It is uh, Founders OS as an operating system. The founder, thefoundersos.com. The founders. The founders I'm sorry. So we'll, yeah, we'll put that in the uh, we'll put that in the show notes. I know you are pretty active on LinkedIn. Somebody can follow yep. you there. They can yep. um, if they want to DM you or something. I'm sure they could do that. Not as well. a lot of towns and ward laws, so you can you can find me pretty easily. Yeah, I'm 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 launching. I currently have this fledgling community of founders that I coach. It's, it's all funded via scholarship. I'm in the process of launching community software to support it. And we're going to blow it up from there and have like tons of resources and tools and basically all the stuff I've developed in the last 20 years, all open sourced, if you will, for founders to use in their business so they can grow, so they can get to where they want to get to. And maybe the window will crack a little bit. We can talk about this being stuff, but yeah, as Absolutely. I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to get somebody off their journey. Let them right. bang their head in the wall until they're tired. Yeah. 
So if you're interested, reach out to Townsend, uh, yeah. thefoundersos.com, and um, and Townsend, awesome having you, uh, awesome having you on today. Um, Thank you, gentlemen. For the, uh, so we'll see you in the next edition of the Founders Journey podcast. In order to actually get to that first million or, you know, get that first thing done, you need to have, you need to be responsible for everything. Like he said, and it's so true, but how do you go from being that to letting go, right? And just having, like, how do you position yourself to say, it's hard to turn that off. And I, I mean, I get it. Like there's like in some companies break because of that. It's like, oh, crash. Right. You know? If you can't escape it, if you can't escape your own, your own mind on this stuff, you can't, you can't survive you know how we talk about like there's employees for companies at different sizes and you're going through it and then you get to this point and you're like, that's like a real good startup person. Like they can do all this stuff, but they're like one thing, if they're forced to do one role, it's brutally horrible for them. Right. And it just doesn't right. work. This is us talking about a founder like yourself that way. Right. Like, right. How do you're not, you can't fire yourself at that point because you're still the founder and you're still needed. But how do you change yourself? How do you go, hey, get act like that anymore, buddy? <laughs> right. You know? Right. It's easier yeah. for to look back at the organization and say, hey, you know, things have changed and we need like someone to be able to do dust just this. And, you know, they're good at everything, but maybe not right. good at one thing. Right. I guess it's hard to say that to yourself, right? You know, that is that concept of like being versus doing, right? That is the, that's the essence of that of that entrepreneurial journey. It's just your, you know, it, it, when you have a normal job, not to judging normal jobs, when you have a normal no. job, you're doing, how many times you're doing, do we want a normal job? Like, yeah. Yeah. But you're doing something, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're taking the actions. You're doing something. It just doesn't work that way as a founder, right? You are, that is your being. And every right. limitation, every limiting belief, everything from your, our mutual friend, Rick, uh, has this saying about, you know, carrying rocks around in your backpack, right? And you just walk around <laughs> and you like, grab a rock, stick it in your backpack, grab a rock, stick it in your backpack. And finally you're like, holy shit, this is heavy. Like, what am I carrying around with me? Right. And yeah, that's kind of uh, like what ends that's up happening with this stuff, you know, where it just becomes your being, you're just walking around collecting these rocks. Well, I can't do this because of this. I can't. I have to do this because of that. I have to like, and that, that's what Townsend's talking about. I mean, that analogy is really, you know, really good because you keep doing all this stuff, but at some point you got to start taking them out and going here, this rock is now yours. I don't have this anymore. Right. You know? And that's, I think that's the hardest thing to do is go, but I've carried it for so long. This is my rock. I, <laughs> I found like it. <laughs> I painted it. Look how shiny yeah, it is. It's, it's so like, good. Right. 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 You know, but he's right. When you get exhausted, you go, I don't want any of these rocks. Like here, everyone take them. You know, it is that pivot point. Right. And, and the interesting part of this is he's talking about like zero to a million. And then, and I think there's a bunch of stages, right. Yeah. Where, but certainly that zero to a million. Too, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that zero to a million states, you've got to be, you're like doing, 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 doing. You yeah. are, I, I mean, there are a few ways to escape that. You don't have to hate it, but you're grinding. Like you're figuring this out every single day. You're trying to, you're putting in the 20 hour days. You're, you're just, yeah. you're just grinding away. 
And it's that work ethic that gets instilled. If it already wasn't there, it is there. But th what that yeah. teaches you was that's how I got this thing to a million. Therefore, it's now how I'm going to continue to grow. More. But that's the problem, right? Because yeah. what ends up happening is I don't know where that it depends on the business. Maybe it's two million, it's three, it's five, it's ten, but it's going to break. And when it breaks, it's going to it's going to kill the business if you yeah. don't get it under control. Yeah, and I think some of the easy stuff like he was talking about is you maybe solved it for your market. You kind of have a good system and it works. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to let it go and do it. Like mm -hmm. there's not really anything else to solve, mm -hmm. maybe to some degree. I mean, you got to solve other things as a, if you're the CEO as a CEO or a CEO as a CEO or whatever your founder role is, you still are responsible for something, but it's not for, you know, that big problem to solve. Like right. your software is great or your, your service is awesome. People love it. Just do, do it. Like you don't need to change it. I was reading something this morning that somebody posted on LinkedIn, right? And it was this great saying of like, stop unfixing fixed. <laughs> and it was like, perfect right it was just like dude you, you're good anyway yeah. we'll definitely awesome. have a back on a future edition here